Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be answering your general travel-related questions. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Agent Consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Back in our production facility, we oh, you didn't do that thing when you went to me first. I was all ready for you. Back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Oh, hi. And, oh, I thought there was more people here. Um, yes, thank you all for joining us, for being here and watching and listening to our show. Are you having a stroke? No, I just, there was an episode where Kevin said he, uh, Craig said he went to me before he, I introduced him, and now he didn't, and it's throwing me all off. My mojo's all off. So we're going to do general travel-related questions and answers. Again, these are questions that... I've gotten from Twitter and directly people asking us or even stuff I found on our um, YouTube comments where people have asked follow-up questions, other stuff we've done. Again, if I don't get to your question on this episode, it just means I have saved it for a future episode for us to use. So let's get cracking. All right, our first question. I know you did a hurricane show before, but with cruises, when do you get notified about changes or canceled cruises? Can you move your cruise once a change is communicated? Um, You're generally told when they tell you to put your life jacket on and get in the boat. That's usually (laughs) when you know. No, just kidding. Um, We know as soon as the cruise line decides. Right. So it's really up to them to make that decision as to when that happens. And sometimes it's a few days in advance. Sometimes it's a day. Uh, there, it's a very fluid situation. And the problem that happens, and you can, with just the hurricane that just came through recently, what was that one? Dorian. Dorian. That thing, oh my God. It was like the hurricane that would never end. And so they would, it was an example of why you can't make changes and announcements too soon because that thing changed so many times right. i started out thinking it was going to hit my place in florida and it ended up hitting my place in new brunswick <laughs> of all places like it was it, it was, was coming most, it wasn't coming yeah. and this goes on for week a week right. beforehand so yeah. no cruise line is going to let you make changes until they're sure of yeah. what's going to be effective and like i said it can be a few days before it can be last minute they as soon as they know and decide they let you know they let us know um, they're and then usually, we let you know. yeah, and they're usually pretty flexible by that point as far as deciding. You know, if they're changing itineraries, sometimes if it's changing itinerary, you have no choice because right. it's right in your cruise contract that they have the right to change itinerary as they need to change ports. So in that case, typically there's no recourse. Sometimes when there's extreme change, like recently a three night had to become like a five night, then it became a six night. Um, in that situation, where they announced that change, people were able to cancel if they wanted to. You know, get get a refund, get a credit towards a future cruise. So it really depends on the situation of what you can do. But I think Disney's pretty fair, and all cruise lines really are pretty fair when it happens. And the good news is, if they think a certain area is going to be affected, a cruise line has some flexibility to change and avoid that area. Right. Course. So your cruise course. might still go. You just might, might not go to the place you thought you yes, were going to go. Just this past week, the fantasy was changed from an eastern to a western just because there was a new storm coming up that was going to kind of affect a little bit on the Caribbean side. So Yeah, and sometimes it's while you're on the cruise. Mm-hmm. We had some uh, clients who couldn't get to Castaway Key. I've been on the cruise where we couldn't get to Castaway Key because right. it was too windy. Right. So they make those decisions on the fly. You know, they're very good about it. First of all, safety first. 
Absolutely. Everyone want they want you to be safe. No problems for many different reasons, but mostly for your safety. So they're going to make sure they're avoiding these storms, that they're doing the right thing for you as their guest, and then also communicating that out to either the travel agency or to you personally. And anybody that's booking a cruise should also go into it with that idea. That I know you've been looking forward to this, but if it's not safe and the cruise is canceled, it is for your safety. They don't take those decisions lightly. Right. You think about how much revenue a cruise line is losing right. when they have to cancel a sailing or change a sailing. So they're not entering into that lightly. Oh, absolutely not. not. From the safety of you, but also the safety of their ships, of their crew. Um, so this is not a light-made decision. And while it might stink um, and kind of suck real bad... It wasn't made in haste. And it wasn't made to spite you. Right. <laughs> one of the things that happened in this last one, Dorian, because you talked about how it changed course and it slowed down and it sped up. We had guests, who clients who were saying, well, I want to change my cruise because mm-hmm. this is coming. And we had to tell them, well, then that's at your own expense. Right. Because Disney has not made that announcement. Royal Caribbean has not made that announcement. So they're still planning on going. I had my brother on a trip out of Miami and he came to me and he said they're not canceling my cruise what do I do I said you should go yeah because <laughs> you're not going to beat your house anyway right they were going to evacuate they were anyway. evacuate their house anyway if it hit I said you're going to go out away from the storm you're going to have a great time and he came back and he said you're absolutely right yeah. he said um, they did go further south than they were supposed to go change of ports of call but the weather was fantastic I have had adventures by Disney work with me when a hurricane would not affect your destination but it might affect your home airport Mm -hmm. and travel companies are aware of that if a hurricane is i'm going to give you an example if you're flying out of um miami and the hurricane is you know flying or heading for miami they will be flexible with you in that they know you're flying from Miami, but there's not a hurricane in Italy. Right. So let your travel agent work with the travel company. We had that experience personally with a Royal Caribbean sailing mm-hmm. where the hurricane was heading for Florida. This was several years ago. And it we was were in 2004. And we were going to Alaska, cruising out of Alaska. And we called Royal Caribbean. Now, luckily, Royal Caribbean's officer in Miami. For, yep, for Orderdale. So they said to us, listen, we're closing the doors. We don't, we'll don't. <laughs> yeah. figure this out later. Let's, <laughs> Just let, do let's talk mean. later. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want to do. We're out of here. So, yeah, they're very understanding of that. This is, again, safety first, not taken lightly. Yeah. Um, but if yeah. you're choosing to make decisions prior to an official announcement, it's on your dime. And it in a lot of cases doesn't matter if you have insurance because insurance companies are also not paying out on your personal opinion right. of whether it's safe or not. If you're scared to go, that's not a covered expense. Right. 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 But just just be forewarned that they have your best interest at heart. It's not a, they're not doing it. And there's a reason your cruise was cheaper in September. <laughs> right, exactly. There's a reason exactly. for it. And so there is an element of risk when you're booking it. I mean, we know the hurricane season officially is like April to November, but we also know August, September into October is definitely the more active part of the season in this area. So there's a reason why you're paying less. Excellent. All right, next question. I have never been on an airplane before. 
Can you give me tips and tricks for someone on their first flight? I'm going to tell you a lot of questions related to first-time flyers and a lot of questions related to how I'm scared to fly. Help me not be scared. Tips, tricks? Ideas? I would tell you to – I know this is creepy, but do some research. You are safer in a plane than you are in a car. And if you look at the numbers, that bears itself out. You do not, and I do, again, I'm trying to tread carefully here. You do not see the number of traffic accidents, traffic fatalities reported on a worldwide scale like you do an airplane problem. Gets everyone's attention when it's right. a big story. Because it's rarer. Right. More rare. More rare. Like your steak. Less rare. Less rare. More rare. (laughs) It doesn't happen as often. There you go. Um, I would tell you that if you want to try it, I would suggest that you book a very short trip and see what happens. There will be people who will tell you that, you know, have a drink, take a pill. I would suggest you just try it. If you're one of those people, I know there are classes where they will take you in to an airplane and let you sit down. Wow. There are places. There are. Yeah, there I've are heard programs like that. I think somewhere is doing programs for kids with autism and stuff as well, giving them a little bit of what to expect. Um, oh, that's cool. I didn't know To that. add a couple of things to Kevin's, first of all, what Kevin has said is very logistical. The problem with a lot of fears is that they're not always based in, in logistics. And so sometimes... Your fear is just, it doesn't matter how many stats you send at it. Um, I'm, you know, somebody very close to me has a lot of fears, and I know that sometimes I just want to say, don't be silly, of course, you know, it's fine. Fears are not reasonable. You can't right, reason right, right, right. You can't fear. talk them down. So I would say sometimes, you know, the choice to do that is is a whole different level. Kevin was talking about programs and different things, or, or you know, I think there's actually some behavioral management therapies that help with that kind of thing. But that's a whole different issue outside of our um, our field. I would say if you are going to take a short flight to try it, be careful. <laughs> Because I'm now in an area where I have to take short flights to get to a major airport. I was on a prop plane. It had two propellers. Yeah, don't get in a prop plane. So sometimes the airline for that shorter flight or the airplane they're using will scare the crap out of you. And it's completely different than the plane that I would take to Hawaii. Right. And so keep that in mind as well. Um, I also think about things logistically. Right. That's how you rationalize it. Right. That's how I rationalize it. The other thing that makes me always feel better is you can go on the website and see how many planes, or that's website, excuse me, the internet, and see how many planes are in the air at any given time. That makes me even more nervous. Oh, no. It makes me feel better. And you would be shocked at how common. Just in the United States, you could see. Airline travel is. I mean, you can see exactly how often planes are taking off. They did that. There's a thing that ends up on Twitter all the time, and they show you um, how many different airline airlines and airplanes are in the air at any one time. And I think to myself, I think getting on an airplane seems like a very solitary activity until you realize that there are hundreds and thousands of people in the air at all times. Yeah. My tip is this. I heard someone say this once. An airline doesn't want to have a problem. The pilot, the co-pilot, does not want to have a problem. The 
You okay? There's just a reflection behind you. Um, they, um, stewardesses and the, the crew don't want there to be a problem. They all want to arrive safe too. Right. So there's a lot that goes into flying to keep you safe because those people are precious to the airline. They're precious to their families. They don't want to have any kind of problem with anybody on their flights. So think of it that way. I think of it, you know, you'd be on a, if you're on a flight and let's say it's bumpy. And one of the first things they say is, all right, we're going to stop service, and our flight attendants have been ordered to sit in their seats. That's because they're thinking of their safety first. So keep that in mind. But sometimes, you know what, the best way to get over a fear is to just do it. I would also tell you to dress comfortably. Airplane travel, there's nothing glamorous about it. If you watch old movies, it's nothing like that. You are going to be crammed in like cattle. Dress comfortably. Make yourself as comfortable as humanly possible. Um, sort of manage your own travel. Yeah. And do some research. Right. Oh, sorry, Craig. So I was just going to say, off the fear thing, is my stomach still goes into knots every single time I fly. I I'm not. I don't want to say I'm afraid of it, but I. It's it is very. It's it's not a normal thing. So man was like, not meant to fly. Man was we are not forcing ourselves <laughs> yeah. to get off the ground. But ultimately, if any of the times that I have been nervous and like when I flew by myself to go to to Paris, the at the end of the day, now that I'm a year away from that trip or years away from any of the trips, the flights are the last thing that are in my mind. It's the experience that I had once I got there, and so ultimately. Yeah, it it can it can stink, and you can be very afraid, and it can put it can make you feel sick up to the second that you actually land to where you are going. But once you get there, in my experience, everyone's different, but in my experience, the end goal of the flying has always outweighed any fears that that you might have had beforehand. The flight is a small portion of your entire trip. Yeah, I would really also good. suggest that. You really weigh, excuse me, the cost of the price of the flight and the number of times you have to take off and land. If you're afraid of flying, minimizing the takeoffs and landings in my opinion are, I would rather pay a little bit more and alleviate some of that. I fly frequently, but I'm not a fan of the takeoff or the landing. As many times as you have to interact with the ground. That's right. <laughs> oh, so the again. I will pay extra to to do that as right. We look for direct flights. When that's we what I'm trying to say. I got stuck in that. My big thing. I we I am not nervous about flying at all. It's just what we do. And again, it's all about the thing I get to do when I land. But there's portions of the flight that I don't like. I don't like when they go to land and there's this acceleration deceleration thing they do to moderate moderate their speed i think like oh don't go too slow because then we're just going to drop like a stone you know (laughs) please don't go too slow do you want to know what i do i watch the flight attendants faces yes well that's what i'm saying the flight attendants are worried about themselves i think to myself i've never seen a flight attendant that looked worried and if i do I might lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of us start texting everybody. We were on one flight into New Jersey where the flight attendants were worried. It was a rough one. But we got through fine and 
It was. As a matter of fact, when we flew back out of New Jersey, we got the same flight crew. And one of them said to me, I didn't think we were ever going to see you on another flight. (laughs) (laughs) Just one more thing, too, because I know that the question was about just the experience of flying. I would also, if you're flying for the first time, I would maybe try to stick with one of the major carriers. And um, instead of going with a, a lower budget option like a Spirit, because... That will not give you a good experience of what it's like to fly. Between the extra fees that you have to pay once you show up for bags and printing out your tickets and stuff to everything that goes along with being crammed in there. Whereas if you're on a major carrier, you know, a lot of times you're going to have a much more pleasant experience all around. In general, general, planes are now being made to fit more people in the same amount of space and – Seats are tighter. However, some of these airlines are abusing that. And if you do a budget airline, it's going to be even more cramped than another airline. I would also tell you to alleviate as much stress as possible. And John's really good about humoring me. I find it stressful to get to the airport late. I find it really stressful. And that makes the flight stressful. So we leave enough time to get to the airport and stop and get a hot dog or a burger or something and sort of... I would rather be early and wait at the airport than to be stressed going through. So alleviate those pressure And then when we do points. those things, we want to know where the gate is and how far it is. Mm-hmm. Listen, can we go to the lounge? That's what happens when you travel first class. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can we go to the lounge or is the lounge in another terminal that we now have to then build in 20 minutes to get to the gate, or is it right in the same vicinity? So we look at where the gate is. It's very so, important to know where that first cl- class lounge is. Sure I is. get it. Yeah. It's hard to be you. What happens is you go and you put your nose against it. <laughs> yeah. Please let me <laughs> it's in. It's hard to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk just a couple things about the tips and tricks on the booking side of an air- okay. uh, airlines? Because um, the decisions start as soon as you're going to make the reservation. Craig had mentioned airlines. That's very important. They are not all created equal. Cheaper is not always better. Um, even now, some of the major carriers are offering a very base econo fare where you're getting a seat on the plane, but there's a lot of restrictions. Sometimes it's you can't pick a seat, or sometimes you can't. You're paying extra for everything, like a bag on. And people and airlines are even charging out for your carry-on sometimes, not just for your check. Yeah. So you want to be aware of the rules of the fare you're booking. And every time you look at a price and you click on a fare, there's going to be something that says learn more or expand this. You need to understand what you're booking. Um, also, if possible, if there's a, a link that says preview seats, pull that up. Mm-hmm. Have a look at the seating configuration of the plane. No, is it a you know a two and a two, a three and a three, two three two? Whenever the option is given to you, pay for your seats in advance. Um, I know experienced flyers would disagree with it, and that's fine. We're talking about somebody new to flying. You don't want to be oh, a family I agree a thousand of four. Percent. Pay oh, for I seats do it all the time too. Trust um, me. But you don't want to be a family of four leaving your seats up to somebody else. Yeah. And cross-reference it with the seats with SeatGuru.com. Mm-hmm. It is I have almost made terrible mistakes in seats before just because I wasn't paying attention, went to their site, looked at it because they rate it based on what you need to know. And you can, you can save yourself a headache. Like for the longest time I was booking exit row seats since I'm taller and I was booking them in the first of the exit rows thinking any, any place closer is better. Well, those ones have limited recline. So you're not blocking the exit row behind you. 
So really, I was doing myself a disservice that entire time right. by not having as good of a seat with yeah. it. So. And be honest Excellent about it. Yeah. I want to say that again. Seatguru.com. Yep. They, they give you dimensions of the seat, if that's mm-hmm. a concern for you. They give you With location. Pitch, pitches how right. um, how tilted the seat is. I would also tell you if you're a nervous flyer, I would – I don't – John likes the window. I always book myself into an aisle seat. I like the flexibility that I am not beholden to anyone else to move. Yeah. That's me. Because you want to get up, if you have to get up and use the restroom, you don't want to have to step it's over somebody. It's just a whole trap. I don't like the feeling that I have to inconvenience someone else. The other thing that's a great tip is the earliest flights are usually the ones that have the least amount of cancellations and delays. And I know we live in Orlando, and in the summer, we have that 3 or 4 o'clock thunderstorm every single day. Once you get into thunderstorm time, those flights are delayed, canceled, moved. If you're looking to make this as streamlined as possible, sometimes it sucks because you get to your destination earlier than, I mean, your hotel's not ready. If you're looking, if you're a nervous flyer, book an early flight. Can't tell you how many times we actually go after the first flight of the day. A couple of reasons too is your plane is there, mm-hmm. so you're not waiting for your plane to come in from another destination yep. that could delay you. So we may leave at seven thirty in the morning, which means you know you get up at four thirty and do all your stuff. But we'd rather do that than take we the risk of being delayed. We actually missed an Adventures by Disney trip because of two days of thunderstorm. Yeah. We never got to go. We just never could catch the plane. So. Earlier is better. You started to say something. I just in a, be aware of how much space you need, whether it's long legs like Craig or a big butt like me. You need to know what that seat capacity is. Um, and so I don't need leg room, but I need butt room. Um, and I need you. room for the tray to come down. And so it's very important to me. So I will look most airline websites as well. When they tell you the aircraft that's traveling, you can also click further into their website and find out things like width and pitch and stuff of the yeah. seats. Um, so be aware that it's not all created because you don't want to get on the plane and find out you and the kids are not sitting together. Or And you also want to be aware of the rules. So, if, for example, Southwest, I think, is one of the greatest airlines. I love Southwest. Um, great fares, free bags. Also, make sure how much am I going to pay to bring a bag. That's important news, too. Um, but with Southwest, you don't pick your seat in advance. You check in 24 hours ahead, and you get a boarding A, B, or C. If you're in a C or a late B, you're not getting seats together. And it doesn't matter that you're with your kid. They will do their best to accommodate you, but they don't have to. They're not indebted to you to do that because that's their policy. So make sure you're aware of the seating policies of the airlines you're choosing. Do not book on cheapest fare and whenever possible. These guys have already said it. Don't take a connection. More risk of missing a flight. You know, the extra time of making the connection, losing your luggage. Um, And depending on where you're flying to and from, you know, I don't know if Southwest does it. We talked about bigger people. I'm a bigger people. Southwest South- definitely does it. Good idea. Southwest had a policy that when John and I would travel, we would buy three seats. Mm-hmm. And we would pay for the three seats. Southwest, if there was an empty seat on the plane, Southwest would refund our extra seat. They've updated that policy now. There doesn't have to be an empty seat on the plane. They will refund the second seat. Um, no matter what, they ask. You have to pay for it in advance. You pay for you it in just advance. For it, right? They do ask that you pay for it in advance, so you do have to do that. Um, but there has to be a reason. 
So if you show up there, um, part of my current issues is a disability on one side of my body. So it was necessary for me to have the seat beside me empty to accommodate that. So I was able to do that by speaking to Southwest. Um, they agreed that that's a reason to get a second seat, a uh, customer of size. But when I got to the airport, I didn't look like a customer of size that needed that, which I thought was thank you. <laughs> really? Are you hitting on me? Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> but anyways, there was a lot of question at the airport. And in fact, on one flight, I was denied the second seat. They took it back from me. So wow. this is not a policy that you can just willy-nilly use. Oh, it'd be great to have an empty seat. Um, there has to be a need for it, but it's a great policy for people who need it. So um, if you are a customer of size who does need an extra seat, Southwest is the only airline I know of that makes it so simple. The what other we thing do is, they do is wait. when you have an extra seat, you don't have to go in your boarding group. Right. Because you've paid for an extra seat... Because if you're in Group C, you can't necessarily guarantee that that extra seat is next to you. So they let you pre-board. Yeah. To prove that we need the space, we sit in the seat and show that there's this much light between us. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you want to put in this much space? Yeah. (laughs) Although, on flight they did. On one flight, we were flying out of Las Vegas on Southwest. And we had our extra seat between us. And all of a sudden, they brought out on a man who had been beaten, had the pulp beaten out of him. Face was bloody and swollen. He had gone to, um, he had, was supposed to be going to a bachelor party and went to an adult club instead and apparently got handsy. Handsy. (laughs) And um, they kind of shoved him in the seat between us. It it was like putting a cork in a bottle. (laughs) When it does happen. We've been on the plane where they tried to put, and it's like, sorry, that seat's been purchased. Oh, yeah. Did and they still give you they a They do. Card? They give you a little piece of paper to put on. It's a terrible thing. Like, and you're saying, nope, the seat's been purchased. And- now, see, we don't have that problem because when we get on the plane and we see that sliver of light, people walk by us like, uh-uh. I ain't sitting there. There's no way I can get in there. Yeah, but they do. Southwest is fantastic for that policy. Um, it, there just has to be a need for it. I would say, too, um, Think about food on a plane. Sometimes they or say, lack thereof. Right, they're going <laughs> to say you're going to get a snack. You know, they may bring around a snack. It's not going to be great. You know, you're going to have a little Dixie cup full of something to drink. And if you're in the back of the plane, sometimes they don't even get to the back of the plane. I've heard them say that we've stopped serving, so we apologize to the people in the back of the plane. I hear that from the front of the plane <laughs> when they make that announcement. You've heard them making announcements behind the wall, right? When I'm eating my filet mignon right. and drinking my champagne. Right. I would also suggest so that you bring an empty you. refillable bottle because there are bottle filling stations in a lot of airports now. And this means you would have your own water drink, on the plane. your own water. Or if you buy something in a, in a uh, shop where you could fill your refillable bottle, whatever. But you then don't have to wait for the service card to come I've in. learned now I always have a, my own bottle of water with me, you know, if I'm just buying it, you know, before I board. And I always have a couple protein or granola bars with me you just never know when there's going to be a delay yeah you know there could be a delay you board everything's great and then you're waiting for people and you're delayed or there's a problem with the plane and you're delayed so i always have something with me i've learned to not count on them having something for me also i have problems with my ears clogging Mm 
mm-hmm. and you know the tricks are mm-hmm. yawning and blowing your nose. I find the best thing is swallowing. Me too. Drinking water. Just a little sip yeah. of water helps to clear your ears yeah. out. Yeah, so especially going know. down. It's the worst for me. Yeah. Landing, that's called. Oh. <laughs> yes. I wasn't talking about Never mind. <laughs> that's called landing. <laughs> so, yeah, the correct term is landing. We don't just use goes that. down. You know, we you don't remember. use that phrase on a plane. Um, excellent. Any other tips? I think that was great that we went back to sort of tips of not being afraid, but more general tips of being on a plane. You bring a, um, a blanket. Because sometimes you get cold, you bring I, a scarf. I actually got a, a scarf through Amazon, and it was reasonable. It, it's a cashmere scarf, and I thought the price was very reasonable compared to what I had looked in stores. And I keep it in a little drawstring bag. It's a pillow. It's a blanket. It's, you know, sometimes... Kevin doesn't believe me that every one time you get a pillow on a plane, it's brand new. It's not. They've just made it for no, you and put it in that not. plastic. No, yeah. they I have not. No, no, because if when the pillow comes to me with hair, <laughs> they are not going to convince me it was mine. <laughs> so maybe it's not your public hair. <laughs> nope, none of that either. Oh God! <laughs> you went there. <laughs> We're gonna um. I, oh my God! Now I have to put my eyes out. Um. <laughs> We're going to get to a question later on, but I bring, I I have a really wide scarf. I've put it over my shoulders. Um, I have trouble when it's really bright on the plane if I'm trying to sleep. I've pulled it up over my head. I've used it as a blanket. A lot of times it's very cold on a plane. It is. And if you're not in first class, you don't always get a blanket and a pillow, you know? No. I think that's oh, almost right, a never. Right, never. never. You can pay. If you're the, there's usually on the menu of things that you can order, most planes will have the price for the pillow and the blanket. So they will charge you. It depends, but you don't get to keep it either. <laughs> it's rental. It's, yeah, yeah. And you know they didn't wash it before the next flight I because you can it. tell when you bring it. So I bring my own. Never in a million years. Even in first class, when we've traveled first class, I'm not always sure there either. I check it like really closely i just bring my own i am more comfortable with mine if there's crud on my scarf it's my crud (laughs) so you know it makes a good uh bib it it actually does (laughs) it catches the crumbs (laughs) i I just i'm prepared on a plane right so yeah think about comfort think about a comfort item that's going to help you have a better flight that's always going to help you be better on a bike. I'm going to skip the next question. It was again about booking air and airfare and stuff like that. And I think we've covered that extensively. All right. So moving on, does Celebrity Cruise Line still have ballroom dance lessons? Also, do they have a lot of live music around the ship? I don't recall from our one and only Celebrity Cruise if there were ballroom dance lessons, but we didn't go looking for them. You didn't? We were on a <laughs> we ship, but it was a longer, yeah. I think it was the Radiance, the Royal Caribbean. It was Caribbean. a Royal Caribbean ship. And, but I think we were sailing from Sydney to Hawaii, and I went to ballroom dance lessons twice. Yeah. I didn't dance. We watched. But I had a really good time. They do have them on Celebrity. Um, it's part of their, they call it the Celebrity Life Activities or something like that. So they do have dance lessons. Um, it's typically the dance uh crew like the ones that perform in the shows and, mm-hmm. and things that do them like i would say this if you have you know if you're chris and i and you think oh it wouldn't that be funny let's go take a ballroom dance 
I think it's it's great. If you've already had three years of ballroom dance lessons, you probably don't want to go to the one on the ship. Yeah, this is not Dancing with the Stars. Right. And it's not that level. I know I've seen, um, I've been on where there's been, you know, a couple who clearly have taken lessons and they can make that routine work to any song and they go and they do their thing. If you're, I know there's cruise lines that would be more appropriate for people who want to ballroom dance on their cruise and do those types of dances with that type of music. I don't think celebrity would be to that level, but I would say for beginners or for people who just like to dance for fun, sure. Do they also offer other lessons? Because a lot yeah. of times there's salsa lessons. Yeah, salsa or like samba. Maybe the rumba. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just little vacuum. They might do the G-Watches dance. You can tell stuff. Dancing with the Stars just started a new season. <laughs> they might do the Dyson. Yeah. You never know. The Eureka. <laughs> the shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> um, the great thing about any cruise line is there's always stuff being offered. I mean, there's always tons of stuff that we never take part in. But, you know, you can always find something. And as far as live music, I found Celebrity to have oh more gosh, live yeah. music than the majority of ships I've been on lately, the more, more majority of cruise lines I've been on lately. And in my opinion, better. Yeah. Than any other cruise line. I thought line. so, too. We found ourselves, we find ourselves on Celebrity more watching for when is this going to happen and sitting and enjoying it more than I have on some other cruise lines. So I would say, to us, we found an increase in the amount of live music being played. I listened to the live music on my way to the casino. And I remember in the celebrity cruise not thinking it was terrible. We're <laughs> on Royal Crib and you're like, oh, make them stop. Please, make them stop. I have never heard such a rousing endorsement. <laughs> I was like, wow. On they should put that in a casino. commercial. <laughs> That's in the brochure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a compliment. <laughs> it was a very John compliment. All right. Um, Let's do one more question, our final question for this episode. How spontaneous can you be when working with a Dreams Unlimited travel agent? What's the minimum time in advance do you recommend contacting an agent to plan a trip? It is, is it easier to email an agent directly or use your form? How spontaneous can you be? Like spontaneous in booking or just spontaneous throughout the planning? I felt like spontaneous for this was booking. Okay, good. Because spontaneous during the planning can be stressful. (laughs) Yes, really. (laughs) Surprise! I'm going to go to a different resort. (laughs) During the booking, we can can do fairly last minute. I mean, of course, the the closer you are, there's going to be issues with availability, possibly. You're going to have to be very flexible with where and, and that kind of thing. But we can book up until, you know, I think Disney... I think a day or two before, um, it gets a little dicey making sure payments get done and stuff like that. We used but, to have it on our forms that it was 14 days before. Yeah. I think we've changed that to seven. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of it is to, you know, we want to have time to work with you and get right. to know you and, and, and have a proper vacation. If you're within seven days, you definitely want to email your agent or yeah. email a agent. You don't want to just submit the form and, and wait because every, you know... Every hour is going to count in that situation. But we can book fairly last minute. If you don't have an agent, uh, email me, john at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Because one of the things I'll do is if I get a last-minute request, I'll send it out to all the agents. Say, listen, who has the the time right now to work with somebody? Because, you know, you might get – like Tracy might be like, I just can't. I've got too many people traveling. I can't give this person the time. So let us find the agent who will work best with you. You know, I would tell – I have to – come up with a different scenario adventures by disney that is not true 
You're, yeah, absolutely. Your destination. Man. Adventures by Disney. Once you get within 40, 30 to 40 days prior to a trip, Adventures by Disney does what they call it. They close the trip down because they have providers in your destination that they have to report to how much space do they need and they return space to the provider that's not being used. So with Adventures by Disney, I would say you need 45 days beforehand. Mm -hmm. And there might be situations where that is even longer. So it's not a last-minute thing. You can't call me up and say, I want to go to Italy next week. And it's true of any destination, what's available. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a big part part of it. Uh, Pricing. Cruise lines, for the most part, you can do... I think 48 hours, 24 hours can get tough because once they've released the manifest back to the ship, I've had a lot of people <laughs> say, well, those prices are too high. I'm just going to go to port that day and see what's available. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Good luck. I do think there was a time where you could do that. Can That's I say a very old thing? Yes. Also, the other thing, too, is is there's a throwback to, well, if I wait to the last minute, I'll get a last minute fare. Right. That doesn't happen. No. Right. So you're telling me I can't win a ticket on a cruise line in a game of poker? Right before the ship leaves? No, Leonardo. You could could during that time, Leonardo. (laughs) And don't believe her. You can fit on the door. (laughs) Push that witch off. Move over. (laughs) There's room enough for both of us. There was a time when security wasn't as tight. Exactly. Where you could show up at the port. I have relatives who have done this. Mm -hmm. Let's show up at the port, and we're going to go wherever the next cruise leaves. Mm Those days are gone. Yeah. I don't even think you can do that at Disney. Can you? Can you show up at a resort at Disney and see if there's availability? I don't believe so. I think you would have to call reservations. Yeah. I think you could do it same day, but I think you would have to. I don't know for sure. It's something I've never thought of yeah. doing, I but do I can't you, like, imagine. Show up at Port Orleans Riverside and right. say if you got a room. Right. I no, wonder. I think you're going to make the cast members' head explode. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. As far as what's easier, if you already have an agent, you should be emailing your agent. If you don't have an agent, we ask you to fill out our forms because we capture a lot of information Mm -hmm. that's very important for us to make those uh, reservations for you, find you the best price, work with you. So filling out a form, we're going to ask you to do that. And a lot of people say, well, I don't want to give you all that information. It's not for us. It's for it affects the price. You. It's really for you because yeah. the more information we have, the more we can we can do the research and get a reply back to you quicker, as opposed to now having to come back to you and saying, "Okay, but I need right. to know." Right. Many yeah. travel providers, before they'll allow us to make even a hold on a reservation, will ask for minimum information. Minimum yeah. information. Yeah. Some more, more dates of yeah. birth and right. things like that. And so. our forms do allow you. Um, for World and Cruise and Universal, they do allow you to choose an agent name from the drop-down list. Absolutely. So if you already work with an agent or know you want to work with an agent, you want to fill, you, you know you're going to fill the form. You've got everything. That's great too because even if you're rebooking with an agent, we still need that new file opened in our right. system. Like I, we don't call it a file internally, but that's kind of the best way to explain it. It open up opens up a new file for this next trip, and so. You know, if you already know this is what I want, this is my agent, I'm going to fill it out, send it in. Your agent would, you know, have it, take care of it right away. Alternatively, email your agent directly. And sometimes you're at that stage where you're not exactly sure of things. 
you know, you maybe don't know exactly which resort, and you have questions for your agent before you get to that point. So sometimes you start with an email and saying, okay, you know, this is what we did last time with you. We're thinking about this, some thoughts. And you kind of, often I'm working back and forth with a client, and the form becomes the last step, you know, because we've already made all the decisions that are needed. Right. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. But yeah, I mean, I think, and as far as working with them spontaneously during the trip planning process, I mean, you can make changes and you can, you know, you sure. can change your mind and ask to do different things. That's not a problem at One all. One of the things I would like to mention here is that no matter what product you're working with, Dreams Unlimited Travel does not hold available space. If you've called Disney and they've told you that the room resort you want is not available for the date you want, we will continue to watch for you and call because availability does happen, but we don't have space that we can sell you. I can't tell you how many times we get that question. Well, I submitted it to you because I can't book through Disney directly. They're telling me it's sold out. I figured you had rooms. That's we have to book through Disney. Right. right. Yeah, we don't have inventory available. We don't have access to better rates than they do. We're very familiar with their systems and promotions and discounts and how they work. So we can certainly, we know the system well enough to try to get you discounts, um, but we can't create a price that they're not making available. Right. They just don't allow us. It's part of our agreement. Correct. All right. I think we're going to end it there. Um, we're going to save the rest of our questions for another show, but I think we've covered quite a bit. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching to our general travel questions and answer show. I truly appreciate it, and we hope you have a great week and a great vacation.